the three P's, politics, policy, and punditry. And what I found was that that was very much like beating your head up against the wall. It showed me that there was a better way. And that better way is creativity, entrepreneurship, and innovation. Entrepreneurs, as you well know, Nikki, are a special breed, and it takes cultivating the entrepreneurial spirit, particularly in men, mission, morality, meaning, mutualism, and money. If men can master daily continuous practice along those five vectors, that is a recipe for personal and professional development. It's always about continuous improvement and always being on this journey to something that is bigger than yourself. Big missions usually require cooperation with other people. That right there is entrepreneurship. You have to work with others and you have to serve others. Speak up without fear. Learn to articulate courageously why this guiding philosophy makes the world a better place, makes you a better person. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to the Sovereign Man Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou. We have a very special guest for you today. This man is a champion of freedom. He is an intellectual force standing up for individual liberty. And one of the things that I believe very strongly all men need to have is intellectual sovereignty, the ability to think for themselves and to be free men. So, Max, tell us a little bit about your backstory. Sure. I guess you could say um, I, I go back as a, I started in philosophy and um, I tried uh, around, I guess you could call it mid-career from this point to go into what I call the three P's, politics, pol policy and punditry. And what I found was that that was very much like beating your head up against the wall to go through the political process or to try to get policy changed. We just live in a world where there's so many perverse incentives around this stuff that it showed me that there was a better way. And that better way is creativity, entrepreneurship, and innovation. But entrepreneurs, as you well know, Nikki, are a special breed, and it takes cultivating the entrepreneurial spirit, particularly in men. And so I, I, I decided to make a change away from politics, policy, and punditry. I still do a little bit of the latter. I'm still very much a philosopher in my bones, as you will see. But I also understand the need to harness and execute against entrepreneurship and the entrepreneurial spirit. And that requires innovation. So um, creativity, entrepreneurship, and innovation are are the way forward in my view. And that takes cultivating a special kind of set of wisdom that we can go to later in the podcast. So Max, let's talk about the modern era. Men and manhood are being crapped upon by the culture. Masculinity yeah. is described by some dark evil forces as toxic. Well, in fact, the opposite is true. Men listen to this podcast because 
they want some hope, they want some inspiration, and they want some strategies and tactics that they can use to be successful as men in the modern era. So given that context, what do you believe the men listening to this show need to do in order to become more sovereign in their thinking? Yeah, that's a that's a beautifully put question. And I would say um, I, I have a set of heuristics that I like to share with with people in general, but particularly men, uh, because men are being put upon in the way you described. I think I, I do agree with the diagnostic you've offered that um, everything that that, that pe- men are subjected to these struggle sessions and Kafka traps every day online. But it's mostly, I will say this, it's mostly talk, talk. And to, to me, one of the best ways to define a man is whether or not you are about action or you are about talk. And I appreciate men of action, but, but action requires wisdom. So let me share with your, your audience, if you, if you don't mind, the, uh, the five M's, M as in masculinity, the five M's. Those are mission, having a sense of mission, morality, meaning, mutualism, and this one seems like the odd guy out, but it's not at all money. So mission, morality, meaning, mutualism, and money. If men can master and engage in daily continuous practice along those five vectors, I think that that is rather a recipe, not for success, but for personal and professional development. Because success implies an end goal. And men to, 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 be a, to be a man and to rise to the occasion is never about being successful per se, never about stopping at your goals. It's always about continuous improvement and always being on this journey that has to do with the essentially the five M's. So let's get into each of these five M's in more detail, man. I like this. The five M's of masculinity. That's going to be the title of the episode. So walk us through it. Right on. Well, first you have mission. Okay. This is really about dedicating yourself to a goal. And if you can find others to dedicate themselves to the same goal, but it's really about in yourself to something that is bigger than yourself, right? Something, of course, you know, you can have a personal mission, but big missions usually require cooperation with other people. And that's that right there is entrepreneurship. You have to work with others and you have to serve others. Uh, in 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 serving that mission, okay. So dedicating yourself to something that's bigger than yourself is is about being purpose driven. Okay, that's the first one. Yep. Now yep. morality, we can't do this without guardrails. We live in a world that the same people who are telling you that masculinity is toxic are telling you that there's no such thing as fundamental morality or truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. So um, I have six spheres of, of morality. I don't want this to turn into a listicle, but let me give you the big three of, of more moral dealing that I think would be would be good for this episode. And we can go into the other ones a bit later if you want. But we have to we have to start off with the idea of nonviolence. 
that we don't initiate a violence against other people. We don't threaten violence against other people. If we're going to be cooperators in joining a common mission with others, we're not going to we're not going to violate other people's rights. We're not going to violate other people. Period. So that nonviolence in thought, word, and deed is really important. And that includes stealing from others, whether it's stealing their time or stealing their resources. We want them. We want to produce value for them so that they give us something. And that takes cooperation. Cooperation is peaceful and peacefulness is embedded in moral dealing of nonviolence. So that's the first. Another, another is integrity. Okay. We, we live in an age of, of smartphones and devices, right? So it's really easy to cancel plans, to show up right late, to get distracted by stuff. But when we're cooperating with other people, their time is precious. So part of what it means to be an effective man and to be a moral man is to operate with integrity. That means true, being true to oneself, being true to yourself, but it also means being true to others, honoring your commitments and doing your very best to show up on time and to do what you say you're going to do. That's that's the essence of integrity. Um, and then and finally, I would say um, stewardship would be a big one. And this is one that we, you might not hear very often, but people accuse entrepreneurs and innovators of being greedy, but they're actually stewards. They're doing what is best to grow an organization and to grow their enterprise in order to create value for others. If you're not exercising stewardship and everything you do, which is to say, let's look, I'm going to look around me, um, my hat, my home, I'm not going to live forever. So I'm I'm not going to be so attached to the material things. I'm going to see myself as a steward of them. I'm going to leave my my things, my property, and my offices better than I found them. I'm going to leave my customers better than I found them. That stewardship affect that that thinking of everything you touch is being improved by your presence doesn't mean you can always do it, but it means that these are active, continuous practices of morality. Okay, um, so these virtues that we want to cultivate, these moral virtues, are what makes us better men. And we have a world filled with better men. We have a world filled of a society that is stronger and better off. And yeah, that I can, I can, we can come back to morality if you want to. There's, we could devote a whole episode, I'm sure, to that, Nikki. But for today, I would say. Number two, morality. We have to cultivate that in ourselves. And it's it's vitally important that we do so, not in an abstract way where we pluck some ethical rule from the sky or from a philosophy book, but active, continuous practice every day in thought, word, and deed. Right on. Next is meaning. Now, meaning is really about discovering the sense of significance your life, your work, and in the in your values, right? We live in a world. If we listen to those who would tell us tell us all the things about toxic man masculinity, they probably have an underlying life philosophy that life is meaningless. That nihilism is the way. Nihilism being everything is meaningless. That's the the philosophy of nihilism. And in some strict sense, they might be right 
some of your listeners may not be religious. Others may have a religion, but the, but strictly speaking, let's just assume that we live in a universe that is meaningless. Okay. Whether or not you're religious. Um, and that is not to disparage anyone's religion, but is rather to say this, even if the nihilists are right, strictly speaking, we have the of hum- human beings to create to create meaning for ourselves and, and and to some extent each other. Now, that's with great emphasis on the first. You no one can create meaning for you. They can help you all the way. Um, having known Nikki for the brief amount of time to come and be a guest on his show has shown me that that Nikki is a man of meaning making, and you can be too. And that is definitely one of the M's that we need out of this, that everything that you do in life, when you're cultivating the virtues, when you're working towards your mission, these are ways that you make meaning and meaning can be infinite and plentiful. That's what true happiness is about. It's not about feeling good all the time. It's about making your mark in a way that your life is meaningful. Mm. Now, now the next one might seem a little strange especially in in these modern times. But you'll find that a lot of what we're doing is exactly the opposite of what the media are telling us to do. You're going to notice that as a pattern in this discussion that we're having. Okay. So mutualism, what in the world is that? Mutualism is the idea that we create beneficial relationships among each other as people and with our planet. So that harkens back to that stewardship idea, right? So we can look after our planet without being accepting all of the, the nostra of, uh, you know, the, the political environmental movement. We can steward the planet unilaterally. Um, and, and in fact, we ought to. But more importantly, and, and, and for starters, we need to be uh, mutualist with each other. And what do I mean by that? We need to in- practice mutual aid. That means looking out for each other and our neighbors with compassion. Compassion being one of those moral virtues that I didn't mention, but probably can now. When we create, when we cultivate compassion for one another, the answer is not always to give you something that you need. Sometimes, sometimes it's a, uh, something material that you might need. Sometimes it's about giving you advice. Um, Nikki has a successful show because he gives people advice. I hope that you'll find the advice I'm giving you today is something that you need. But in the context of mutualism, we get to know the people in our community locally. And instead of outsourcing our responsibility for each other to distant capitals, to a great big welfare state that disperses largesse as if by algorithm on people so that they become dependent, they become lazy, and they become amoral in their outlook. Instead, we oblige each other to work hard. We pick each other up when we fall down. We help each other up in, in the appropriate ways that only we can when we know one another, when we develop the invisible threads of community and weave together as, as, a, as a common people. Communities based not only on need, but in common interests. Mutualism is this dedication to weaving that. All the incentives of the modern era push us against that. Whether it's getting on your phone all the time to watch, to scroll through YouTube videos constantly, or to um, agitate for some other 
a government goodie or handout or something from distant capitals that is just that is a redistribution from the people who are working hard. Instead, we look out for each other. We look out for our neighbors. There is uh, in, in both the United States and Canada, there are, are peoples who um, who le- lead simple lives. The Mennonites, for example, I think there are uh, many of them in Canada. And the Mennonites have this idea of, um, as as do uh, some of the other similar sects uh, in the United States, and for example, in Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania Dutch, the Amish. The Amish, that's right. So between the Amish and the Mennonites, they still practice this idea of barn raising. Okay, that's a, that's a, that just assumes that everybody in our community is going to need a barn, and they're going to work hard to produce surpluses so that we can all uh as a community thrive and survive right survive and thrive that barn raising ethos is about if something bad happens to your barn every single one of us will show up the following day rake the ashes get everything out of the way and start afresh and raise you a new barn together as a community that is the ethos that we have to accept because that is the only way um uh, short, short of you know the charity sector, that we're going to have people, we're going to be able to help each other cultivate our best selves in virtue, without making us dependent or have us this disgusting sense of entitlement that is not going to make you the best possible man. Now, finally, I want to talk about money. That means. There's two levels to this. First, whatever the system, you need you need to figure out how to not to eat the seed corn, and you got to figure out how to how to have a growth mindset or an abundance mindset. I'm not saying this in a hippie way. I'm saying this in a very deliberate way about thrift and savings. Not everything is about consumption. Not everything is about ostentation. So those of us who are successful. Yeah, sometimes we want to we want to send a little signal out to uh, those who would be the women in our lives, say that we are successful and have a nice car or whatever. But we must be providers first. We must be stewards first. And in so doing, having standing in right relationship to money requires us to take a very a very um, to to practice or habituate a sense of being. Uh, uh, being savers, first and foremost, but also growing. Now, from the system standpoint, no matter where you are in the world, in all the Western nations, we are suffering from inflation. And and inflation creates incentives for you to do the very opposite of that, to spend, spend, spend before your your money loses value. And that makes this challenging. I am under no illusions. However, when you stand in right relationship to the to to money, you are going to be able to think of it as a means to creating more value in the world, and that is that means um, not being just a consumer or not being just a um, someone who has audacious displays, but um, but. Uh, habituating or practicing um, standing in right relationship to money. But it also means that we need to reconsider the symbol systems uh, in which we operate for the very reasons I just said. Um, 
we think we should think of money as store of value as a medium of exchange, but it's going to be time to think differently about the kind of money system that we're living in, because we are aware at some intellectual level that it is working at odds with us trying to virtuate, the, uh, uh, sorry, to cultivate the virtue of, of thrift or of savings or of, uh, of entrepreneurial zeal where you use the resources for, uh, for growth rather than consumption. That's not to say you shouldn't consume. You absolutely should consume. You should live your best life, but that must be in balance with, uh, with thinking of, of resources as being a steward and, and growing in the world. Now, there is a movement out there called the anti-growth movement, where they think that economic growth is a bad thing, that it destroys the environment, and that we're a plague on the planet. But you can use your money, even if you don't want to produce lots of stuff for people to consume. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, particularly if you do it with a view to efficiency and and um, and serving the needs of the least advantaged in this world. But we can also use these resources for developing services that aren't about just creating stuff. We can serve each other better um, and in a ways that are low touch environmentally, if you have that concern. So thinking about the monetary system and forgetting it is something that we need to do both intellectually and spiritually. You know, what's impressive about you, Max, is you speak in complete sentences and paragraphs and your five M's of masculinity are actually quite brilliant. I think I'd like to have you back on the show to delve more deeply into each of them uh, for a, a fuller discussion of this topic. So if you're game for that, let's have you back for a few more episodes uh, over the next little while. I sure think, thing, Nikki. I'd be delighted. Yeah, I think it'd be great, man. I think this is the framework for a philosophy of masculine living that many people would be wise to learn about and adopt. I mean, this was a master class for me. I, I took detailed notes. It was great. <laughs> oh, that's an honor. That's an honor to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I took detailed notes. It was great. So once a young man or even old, an older man understands these five Zems of, of masculinity and begins to live day to day from cultivating um, how to operate in these five Ms on a daily basis, how does he fight back against the bullshit cultural messages that are coming his way? What's your thinking around how we fight back? Because I believe that men need to be around other men. They need to be in masculine environments that cause them to live from their masculine power. They need to be part of brotherhoods. That's why we created Sovereign Man. We've got a brotherhood of men, and we encourage men to come and check out what we do and come to our meetings and all that. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I have so many, so many and as a response to that question that it's almost overwhelming. Um, but I, and, and so I'll tell you three, and the third one I'll confide in you and your audience. Um, 
And I'd say, I say I confide because uh, this doesn't exist yet, but I really, really want it to. Um, and that is this. The first is, um, is speak up without fear. Another, um, another virtue in men is, uh, is courage. And this is an ancient virtue. So be courageous in the face of this. Learn to articulate courageously why this guiding philosophy or your guiding philosophy, assuming that there's significant overlaps with mine, makes the world a better place, makes you a b- better person. That it that um, there's an old there, there's a from the from the um, the the yoga sutras of Patanjali, right? Indian philosophy, right? All on the other side of the world. There's a story about the monks of the meditation forest. And they call nonviolence ahimsa, and they see it as a practice, practice of being peaceful, but strong. These are these could be warrior monks, but they practiced peace. They practice ahimsa just like they practice being warriors. Right. So the paradox there is they practice being warriors and they could probably kick our butts these days. So they were physically fit. They knew how to wield weapons. They knew how to fight. But they also and then you you get Buddhist monks like this, too. But they practice ahimsa, which is nonviolence first, that you don't initiate violence and you practice peace and non not thought word need. One of the stories of Patanjali, who uh, enumerated these as the yamas in in the yoga sutras. Uh, uh, Patanjali, I think is the way it's pronounced. Uh, uh, the Indians among you will forgive us. Um, but uh, but the idea there is that the monks were so radiant in the exercise of ahimsa that all of the animals in the meditation forest became docile, and the tiger and the cow would drink from the pond, the forest pond next to each other without violence, then that goes into their very nature as animals because the tiger wants to kill the cow, right? But what this what this fable illustrates is that you can radiate, you can radiate the, these, these virtues and that starts with the confidence of speaking up. You can also practice them. It's not just about talk, talk. Remember I said earlier, it's about practice too. And when you practice you're going to find that people pick it up. I could, I could, I could sense in, in, in our lovely host, first time I talked to him, that this was a man who radiated something. And that's why he has a successful, a successful show. And that, that was meaningful to me. Um, it inspired trust. When you can inspire trust in people and you begin to persuade them through your actions as well as your words, that is more powerful than any TikTok video for sure because it's contagious. So that's, so words, action are number one and number two. And the third thing is fraternity. You said brotherhood, you, you, you got there before I did. Um, You guys are cultivating a brotherhood online. I think that's a really important thing. Sorority too. the fraternal and sororal bonds of human beings are vitally important. And we cannot underestimate how vital they are. And that is not to say that you can't have fraternal or mutual aid forms that are sororal as well, or or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, both sexes. 
but it is important for men to join together in fraternity, uh, just like the Freemasons did or the 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 odd fellows or, or, you know, back in the day, it used to be that North America had an empire of good based on mutual aid. And eventually those the all of those mutual aid organizations went out of business uh, because of the rise of the welfare warfare state in the 20th century. Um, we can be peaceful warriors again as brothers. And so my long-term am- ambition uh, perhaps the one for the final stage of my life is to develop a fraternity around these ideas where we cultivate, uh, we help each other cultivate our best, best selves, both in, in, on ideological dimensions as well as moral dimensions and all the dimensions that I named in the, the, the five ends of masculinity. Max, I'm going to introduce you to a couple of podcast hosts because I really think I should have you on the show. Um, but I'm going to make an invitation to you on air. You should come okay. to a sovereign man Zoom meeting, and you should very seriously look at the organization and consider joining us at least on a trial basis because we are, in our own way, attempting to do exactly what you're talking about, and it's vitally important, as you say, to have fraternal and sororal uh, bonds in society right now. And that's part of what we're doing. I think if there were 10,000 organizations like ours, there wouldn't be enough. Quite frankly, if there were 100,000 of them, there wouldn't be enough. If there were a million of them, there wouldn't be enough. But I know there's a few and I know ours is one that seeks to have men of goodwill be a part of it and seeks to elevate and uplift men. So I want to invite you to come to our next meeting, which is a week tomorrow on uh, in, an, in the evening. If you're able to make the time happen, I'd like you to be my guest. I, I'd be delighted. Um, I, I have only to, to check in with uh, the, the family who depends on me to give me the, the hour or so necessary and look after, look after the, the toddler. But otherwise, sure. it sounds like uh, it would be something I, I'm really interested in doing. And I can at least make a tentative t- commitment, barring any uh, any unforeseen problems or, 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 yeah. That'd be great. I'll send you a um, an email invite. But this is, it's my opinion, Max, and we're going to talk about this more offline, you and I, that someone with your ability to articulate your message should be articulating your message all day long on podcasts and shows and and getting it out there to people and and with clients. This is brilliant, brilliant stuff. I can't wait to uh, order and read a couple of your books too, man. This, this is going to be great. This Thank be you very fun. much. Yeah. yeah I really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. You bet. And, and if you've got any uh, sovereign men out there who, um, who are not there yet in terms of their financial, uh, on their financial feet, um, they, you can totally reach out to me uh, and I'll be happy to send you um, the kind of the some of the materials that from which I I drew the messages today. If you want to go deeper and read further, um, I'm happy to do that. I can send it to you for free as an e, no problem. Well, that's generous of you to to offer. And part of being sovereign, man, is you got to become financially sovereign. You got to be able to pay your bills. So that's part of where we we take men is to show them how to do that uh, and get out of their own way because this absolutely is, this is important stuff powerful stuff 
you know, it's uh, different than what most organizations um, bring to their people. But there's an intellectual depth to what you brought to the men. Uh, I really appreciate it. You know, I really do. So as we bring the plane in to land for this particular episode, Max, talk a bit about um, why you believe men, sovereign men in particular, should read and shamelessly plug some of your books. Oh, I'm happy to. Um, now, I know that you have probably uh, an international audience. I, I would assume you do. So I want to say that um, this, my latest book, which is called Underthrow, um, why, or, or sorry, how Jefferson's dangerous idea will spark a new revolution. But I, this is a cosmopolitan message, not just American one. My appeal to Jefferson is for branding purposes, understanding that so many of my uh, readers are going to be American, and I'm going to try to riff on that a little bit. Uh, but the message of the book is cosmopolitan. The idea of underthrow, um, and, and Je Thomas Jefferson gave us this, okay, which is this idea of the consent of the governed. Um, we don't live in a political system where the governed's consent has any meaning anymore. We don't. And so part of what I want to do in the book Underthrow is make the case that sovereign men need to rise up and reinstantiate a, a social political order built on this idea of the consent of the governed. And uh, short of short of achieving that goal, it's going to take both moral practice and it's also going to take legal design. So the second thing, so if you're interested in that book, there's a lot of great lessons in it. If you're interested in more about the kind of stuff, the internal cultivation of virtues that we talked about, my book, The Decentralist, uh, mission, morality, and meaning in the age of crypto is the unfortunate subtitle because uh, crypto has gotten a lot of bad, uh, bad press lately for for reasons that we can talk about in another episode. Um, but it hit it. But uh, this this whole idea of standing in right relationship to money is one of them. Now, um, the decentralist will provide you with more of that inner looking inward, at, whereas the under is uh underthrow really about if you can imagine what if you violently overthrow your oppressors uh, as 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 happened in the american revolution that would be overthrow right underthrow is nonviolent um bringing down the oppressive class we do it through peaceful means through through creativity entrepreneurship and innovation that i call that i call subversive innovation in a nutshell and you can read more about all of this stuff on my website, free at underthrow.org, including, and this is the last thing I'll pitch, a $25,000 contest right now that invites you to write what we are calling a constitution of consent. I give you guidelines. So if you go to underthrow.org and click on consent, uh, the contest, you, you can read about the constitution of consent. You'll see the guidelines for how to draft something that gives us a new constitutional order, sovereign peoples, including men and women. And that, folks, is all I've got today for uh, hoping that you'll uh, you'll step into Max's universe a little while and pick up some of this stuff.
I can sure use it. Amen. Amen. This has been a really good episode, Max. Uh, we'll have you back. I want to go into each of the five M's. Love to pick your brain on a number of other topics as well. I'm uh, astounded that in the constitutional republic that is the United States of America, we currently have people in charge that are going after their leading political opponent by legal means. It, it, it blows me away. This is the kind of thing I never thought I'd see happening in any Western democracy, never mind the Western democracy. Actually, America is not a democracy. It's a constitutional republic, but the free constitutional republic that is the United States of America. And I am, I would love to pick your brain. I'm seeing it uh, your way too, Nikki, um, with the way they treated the truckers uh, in Ottawa. It's just shameful the way they disparaged those sovereign men. Yeah, it was shameful, but you know, those, those truckers changed the world. God bless them. They, they won in the they end. Sure did. They won in the end. That's right. And I would like to delve into that conversation with you more deeply on another episode, but Absolutely. I was shocked yesterday that yeah. the day after very real corruption allegations against the sitting president of the United States and his son came to light. They said, well, let's make up another lie about Donald Trump and say that he tried to overthrow the government, which clearly did not happen. Clearly did not any observer that watched that would say maybe this wasn't the wisest thing in the world he did. He shouldn't have told people to come to the Capitol at all January 6th. But I saw what he said. He said, peacefully and patriotically protest. Peacefully and patriotically. That was clear. Those words came out of his mouth. And, yep. for them to and there were 150, 150 agents of the national security state in among the crowd, egging them on to go in so that they could paint them as insurrectionists. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it, what I thought was just a burning out of control January 6th of people going into the Capitol, a kind of like, you know, what what sometimes happens with with uh, protests. It was um, it was it's it, it starting to to look as if it were it was egged on that it was it was a, it was it was a government induced narrative. Let's just leave it at that for now. We can talk about it more deeply in our next conversation. Uh, we sure thing. need a short break and then we've got another call that we were going to have, but this was a powerful episode. Max, you and I are going to set up several other ones. We'll do that offline and let's have this discussion, uh, take root more deeply and let's, let's have it reach more people. God bless you, Max. Likewise, sir. Baloo out. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.